This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. All right, we better get this thing started. February 4, 2018. It's the afternoon. You're on the R's. You're cruising. You're at home. You're with the family. Maybe you're not. But you got the radio on, and how good is that? And uh, here I am. My name is Cameron Smith. A very, very good afternoon. Across from me, I have... Hello, my name is Matt. Matt Stedman. We were just saying... International feel- Man of Mystery. I'm not so sure about that. We were oh. just saying, um, it feels like a while since we've done this, because... <laughs> It has been a while. You said, have we got many sponsorship announcements? And, I'm and like, you should have seen Matt. The I eyes sort know. of darted around the room like, what am I doing what? this for? And then, and then your eyes sort of alighted in front of you yeah. where they should have, where the sponsorship announcements are. We remembered how to drive the coffee machine, dear listener. So that was the very, very first thing. And we well. did see something, and we have an exciting thing. We've got a giveaway with the show. We do. Which um, we, we will talk to you about. It's... Uh, just a little hint. It involves Apollo Bay and possible crustaceans, <laughs> and it's very good. Um, hi, we're um, we're back in the saddle. Yes, and uh, the very very first thing we probably need to do, don't we, Matt? <laughs> is um, an acknowledgement as um, a looking back because um, as these summer months, well, this time has has gone on. Um, well, we've had all these wonderful people that have been looking after the show. And we should say a big thanks to Izzy and Khalid for filling in this particular time slot over the summer months. Rock. And everyone in general. So our uh, dear leader, uh, Dave Houchin, sent an email during the week just saying how good it was over the summer because you get to hear all these other shows that you don't normally get to hear when folks like you and I hog the microphone. Absolutely. For years on end. Mais ouais. <laughs> ah, mais ouais. This is our truce d'étement. Um, okay, so we haven't got much time. But, uh, no, we've got a big show, so we, we shouldn't tarry. No, 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 no. And big thanks to the scientists while we're looking back. They're oh, back yeah. as well. Everyone's back on Sunday. Oh, it's like... It's, They're it's, just talking to each other. Life gets back to normal after Invasion Day, doesn't it? It's like once that's done... <laughs> yes. Every, just, it feels like the routine of the <laughs> year. Mm. Has kicked back in. Yes, the schools are back. The traffic is substantial <laughs> uh, in this uh, in this ever growing uh, town that we live in, and we yes. go. Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, now today's show, we um, we will be looking at a few things. First of all, I am delighted to say that John, yes, is back. So his his shoulder has uh, repaired itself. Well, it hasn't repaired itself with the intervention of science and doctors mm. and surgeons who probably uh, charge a bit of money to do such things. He's yes. um, able to lift his arms above his head. He's able to unload the truck. And he's back at the Queen Victoria Market, ladies and gentlemen, selling stuff at Tomato City. We speak to him yes. about the bounty that is happening over the summer. We will then have uh, a chat with Rosalind Grundy, who is coming in. She is the editor, of course, of The Good Food Guide. No longer The Age Good Australia. Food Guide. Just The Good Food Guide. The Good Food Guide. Co-editor, I should say. Hello, Rosalind, if you're listening. Hello, Rosalind, coming in. And we're going to talk about two things. Mm. Um, the new, the fads, the trends, the mm. things that we can say that's new and uh, <laughs> is valid and we should be looking out for. But then also we want to flip it and mm. uh, and go, okay, so we we have this capricious desire to find new things at yes. all times. Mm. You know, it's like, eh, I'm jaded, I need, you know, something, candied yams or... yes. Supersonic snails on a plate. Mm. I don't know. Um, but also those things of constancy, those things of, 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 of great constancy in the sea of change that she thinks is valid. And then Joseph Abood yes. will be coming in. He of Rumi? He of Rumi. Mm. Um, is, and he's um, following what's sort of being a bit of a precedent in the, the top end of Little Burke Street, the mm. eastern end of Little Burke Street, is sort of turning into a bit of a... Ethnic cuisines, but the high-end versions of them. We've seen it with Jerry Meyer with Anand yes. mm-hmm. and, uh, of course, David Thompson with... Uh, uh, his restaurant. His restaurant. I haven't which, eaten um, I don't remember the name of it. Yeah, um, I was... Oh, it's, it's escaping me. Anyway, mm. but that, you know, high-end um, sort of Thai food. And uh, Joseph has got some plans. 
mm-hmm. name of the restaurant's going to be called Sarasan, and we're going to work out what that uh, name refers to, mm-hmm. and also what's going on, and also a little bit of a preview because Barbecue Day is coming back. The delayed Barbecue Day, yes. Yes, yes. Was it three weeks? So February 25, whack it in your diaries, in your diaries. Yeah, come on down. To series, and we're just hoping for good weather. It could be, being late February, it could be 48 degrees, or it could be... Fifteen and snowing. We'll find out. Could be the barbecue day apocalypse, (laughs) or it could be just a great day like it is today. And uh, let's all hail the weather for today. So, moving right along, um, something that's coming up. I will talk about Apollo Bay Festival soon, but it does seem big. Sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth of February. Whack it in your diary. There are some really good people that are going to be there, um, including. uh, Frank Kimura, Rowan yes. Anderson yes. is going to be doing some stuff. Jerry Mai, I think, is a seafood ambassador. Right. Which is like a little badge or a little uniform that she wears for that. A diplomatic passport. Diplomatic passport. has got a special pouch full of crayfish. It's <laughs> awesome. It's really, really good. It's a good diplomatic posting. Yes. Um, and, um, yeah, it sounds like fun. But um, you wanted to just have a little brag. So, ladies and gentlemen, I pass you over to Matt Stedman, who will brag about a great meal that he had. Oh, yes. I was wondering where you were segueing there. <laughs> yes. Go on. Um, actually, we've both eaten reasonably well yeah, we have. in the off-season. Yeah, we have. Uh, my highlight of the summer was... Uh, what I did on my summer vacation. This is like show and tell, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, we jumped in the car and drove, I think it's about three hours, and went up to the beautiful town of Beechworth. Yes. In northern Victoria. And I was uh, unaware it was that far north. It's actually quite close to Adonga. It's near the border. Near the Dong. Thought I'd been there three other times. You'd reckon I'd remember. Mm. Um, Providence at Beechworth is one of the great regional restaurants of this fine country, I would say. Chef Ryan. Yes, Chef Ryan, who... Mm. Um, it sounds wanky if I say this. Go on. I think fusion... Wank on. Fusion Japanese is a really <laughs> poor way of describing <laughs> I it. I didn't do that. Uh, no. <laughs> fusion Japanese. Um, But what's really great about Providence alongside the food is it's one of those increasing number of places where they've actually got accommodation at the back. So if you book early enough, you Mm. can book yourself a table for dinner and you can book yourself a little little bed out the back in this beautiful room and you only have to stumble probably 30 metres from your dining table. Rather than drive for three hours while you digest your meal. Or you can do what we did and say, you know what, we kind of feel like a dessert. Yeah. But can we maybe have it in the room? Awesome. You can have dessert in your pyjamas. Yeah. Lake House does that. Like yes, another one of the House. great regional... Uh, yeah. We're really lucky in Victoria. I was thinking we have a lot of very noteworthy regional restaurants. Our luck has increased over the years. It has. As, that we've been doing that. Because um, let's say even 10 years ago, mm. we wouldn't have been able to have this sort of conversation. Have as many. That is true. But Beechworth is a beautiful town in itself. So we had um, a little drinky at the Beechworth Brewery, uh, Bridge Road, which is... A really good brewery. Yes. There's a couple of excellent wine bars on the main strip. So you can you can have a really excellent uh, day out without marching more than, say, 200 metres, I would say. Mucho donero. A little bit. Meaning? <laughs> little, little <laughs> bit. Yeah, it is. So it's, but it is one of those things that you possibly save up for. Yes. I remember um, uh, Gabby Gates. Mm-hmm. Who says, you know, it's important, you know, and the European sort of thing is that you do, you save up your money to go into special places and mm-hmm. you have special occasions. I did one of those recently where I went to one of my favourite places in the Arrow Valley. Mm-hmm. I know. Doing the Julie Andrews. I know of the one you speak. This is a few of my favourite things, if I can mix those things. Oak Ridge Winery. Yeah. Um, first of all, just great wines. Especially the Chardonnay, my God. Yes. I like, I'm not gonna, and also, I would say for Oak Ridge wine, very good wine at all price points. So if you wanted to buy the really special $90 bottle, it's amazing. It's there. But if you also buy just their $25 bottles, it's really excellent wine for the price. Yes, it is. But um, one of the things that really, really makes that place sing, and you know what I'm saying, because I've been a big fan of these two for a very, very long time, mm. Matt Stone, Joe, Joe Barrett, Yep. Uh, just doing... Incredible food, mm. really beautiful. But it, I guess the, the thing that I really, really like it is that it's. I think it's what Mietta said to me many, many, many years ago. She said, "You know, the important thing about we we're talking about a chef is that they know when to add things, but more importantly, they know when to stop." Yes. And there's this beautiful simplicity which belies great technique. Yes, like really, really cutting edge technique about what's going on with um, food at the moment. And 
great regional stuff. Yeah, Matt's been speaking for a number of years how he's trying to curate. That's the wrong way of putting well, it. Anyway, he's, he's, he, he hasn't got calamari on the menu like no, Michael Ryan might have in Poppins, <laughs> which true. is further away from the sea, for instance. But he's trying to celebrate, to anything away from that. celebrate Yarra Valley cuisine. So source everything very, very closely. Did you say celebrate? Oh, do you know? That's a cliche, cliche Matt. Mr. Mr. Yeah. I will not do cliches. God, we might have to have a cliche jar. Have to give up. Yes, we should have a cliche jar. Um, all right, so very, very quickly, what else did I want to speak to? Oh, you wanted to, we both of us want to bring yes. up uh, the, uh, when, uh, to quote LCD sound system, <laughs> when someone great is gone. Yes. Seriously. Okay. okay, go. No, we, we just wanted to mark the passing of Paul Bacuse. What was it, last week, I think? Probably. Yeah, week and a half. I don't know. What do you say about this man? Perhaps the most recognized and awarded chef in the world, I would say. The, the only greatest um, celebrity chef that sort of came before him, well, we could talk about the Old and the New Testament, mm. August Escoffier. Yes. And maybe before that, um, centuries before Mr. Old Testament, Karem. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Bocuse was the very, very first, I would say, real ce- worldwide celebrity chef that brought and celebrated... <laughs> <laughs> One for me, so We're going to have enough money for lunch at this um, <laughs> French cuisine mm. as being the the mother cuisine. And, and, and I would say to you that it was because of him that maybe all of the world, that when we looked at doing great food, before we got into regionalism and understanding Italian food, we all looked towards Paris. Mm. And that was because of him. Yes. Yes, he was the, I think he was the chair of La Russe Gastronomique. Yes. Uh, the Bacuse d'Or is the most... Prestigious. Prestigious uh, chef's Prestigious. award. It was bloody named after the guy. He didn't win it. It yeah. was named Ep- after Eponymous. Him. Yes. Hello. Uh, so mm. yes. Uh, at, at 91, I think a life very well lived. Uh, Many mistresses. Right. Not that I want to cast nasturtiums. Yeah. Um, but also um, also and um, and uh, immortalised in, um, in great animation, even though mm. Matt refuses to watch any <laughs> Pixar movies. I'm outing you today, aren't I? I'm being quite nasty. Yes. Um, uh, uh, from Ratatouille. And, um, and I'd say to anyone that has not watched this movie that they perhaps should. Why are you looking straight at me? Uh, did I do that? <laughs> That's just my lazy eye. Um, and, of course, he was represented um, as uh, the great Bocuse, mm. uh, as uh, Auguste Gusteau. So if those of you that go, well, who was Bocuse? If you've seen Ratatouille and you see the guy with his arms folded and the big chef's toque mm. on his head, that was Paul Bocuse that they were referring to and lovingly... Um, uh, making reference to so yes. um, God rest you and it's, it, it's a shame actually that uh, we didn't get uh, Philippe Michel to yes, you maybe have, a, have a chat maybe we will talk yeah. to Philippe Michel over the year and do that 12 15 we um, banged on we too much a couple th- was there anything else I wanted to mention oh also I wanted to say oh I did an Asahi shoot um, yes a, about a week ago yes uh, with a Japanese film crew I was doing food and uh, why do I mention this? Does this sound like me blowing my I'm, own I'm, horn? I'm immediately visaging like Bill Murray in Lost in Translation. Suntory whiskey. Suntory whiskey. It was uh, maybe a little <laughs> bit like that. This was for, yeah, obviously a new beer, but this yeah. was sort of um, the hero was a Japanese girl and a Japanese guy sharing great seafood sort of thing in this mm. stuff. But anyway, um, but the hero protein that we had to get were... Probably from Apollo Bay, actually, were these ginormous, ginormous, really, really huge crayfish, 1.5 kilos each. We've got five of them for this, for this shoot. And we had to do this sort of platter, me and this, uh, lovely Japanese chef, Katsu. Katsu-san! Hi! It was great fun. Um, but I sort of, I, I wouldn't say I've invented this thing, but I, happenstance, serendipity, I just mm. lucked in on this thing mm. where what you do is you get a stick of butter. This is like the world's most unhealthy sauce, by the way. Okay. Just yep. This is like Rosemary Stanton. Yeah, just tune out. Not everyday food. <laughs> okay, cool. okay, okay. But then when do you have crayfish? Not every day. You melt a stick of butter. Yes. Like a whole lot, like 250 grams. Yeah. Right. Actually, maybe 200 grams because this oh, was okay. a weird-looking stick. Just it was a different... Okay, so we're going to err on the side of health and we're not going to do the whole stick. Yeah, <laughs> this is the low-fat version. Um, so melt that, right? And then you get about five tablespoons, four or five tablespoons of shiro miso. Mm. Shiro, of course, meaning sweet, yes. white miso. You then 
beat the crap out of it. Mm-hmm. That's cooking term. Mm-hmm. You then mix it with a whisk mm-hmm. uh, in a bain-marie so there's a bit yep. of heat so that you keep it. It emulsifies. Ooh. It bloody emulsifies. Mm-hmm. A little bit of lime juice in there or lemon juice just to bring up the acid. Mm-hmm. A little bit of chives chopped in it. It makes the filthiest, most amazing dipping sauce for crayfish and prawns. This Trust your, me. This is your eureka moment, isn't it? Well, it was. It this was is, this is like, like Dom Perignon seeing the stars. It was. And it was sort of like I looked pretty good in front of the film crew because I said, <laughs> oh, I just made this up and it just <laughs> looked good. Well, and they've been going, wow, this is really good. Come, son. Huh? I said, oh, hi. And it was a little, I got good. I got Don't touch my mustache. Twelve seventeen. anyway. Um, we, we should press on. Um, we're going to have a quick sponsorship announcement. I've got up to speed with them. And uh, we'll hear from John at the market just after this. Great to be back. I hope you're enjoying it. Here it goes. All right. See that? That thing means the thing's going. Three seconds, four seconds. And it's almost like a metaphor for life itself, isn't it? We look at the counter as it goes. Ten seconds. John. Good morning. As time goes by, here we are, February the 4th. The show is starting again. And here we are at the Vic Market. May I just say how good it is to be able to look upon this smiling face and go, hey. It's very good to be back, Cam. Yeah. I was just saying to you before, I've had people ringing me up and texting me saying, when are you coming back? So it's like family. Mm. So this is our probably sixth week that we're back into it and we're just starting to get back into routine and it's really, really good. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things about coming back um, after the summer break is just to see the difference in the market offering that's around here. As I look around, uh, just to summarise it, there seems to be a lot of bargains around because there is an abundance of good-looking fruit and veg. There is. I'm glad that you uh, brought that up because it is an interesting time of the year because some things we're starting to move away from that they're ending and some things are going to start from interstate and things like that. So it is an exciting time. With the fruit especially, we've got all our Victorian fruits, you name it. We've got our peaches, plums, apricots, um, a myriad of apples and pears. Oh, and peaches. And, and, and they are all at their best, and because there's so much, they're all cheap. Yeah, even the bloody dragon fruit are cheap now. <laughs> 2 each for those. Well, yeah, apparently someone put a heap in, and um, they've been promoting them. Um, they look pretty and they've only got one job in life. Do you know what it is? Looking pretty and different and people mm. go, wow, they're tropical. It's a laxative as well. So. <laughs> really? Those <laughs> dragons, they go through you, man. <laughs> well, you see, they've got white flesh and little black seeds. So yeah. the black seeds are a fibre. So they scrape the gut. The oldies eat it for that reason. Yeah. And it keeps the system going. I also say that about lentils are kind of good because they sort of push through the well, body as they come through. Why the oldies ate all these things? They weren't stupid. Yeah. They were easy to grow. They yeah. kept. They were good tasting. There were so many things you could do with, with them, and yeah. they were so good for you. Yeah. So not only did they eat because they had to eat, they ate because they enjoyed it, and they used the benefits of the food that they were eating as well at different times of the year. Ah, the wisdom of the ages, huh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, well, um, now, we've got, we've got a little bit of show and tell. Um, so we're in the back of John's stall. This is usually where he chops up the pumpkin and gets the celery ready and stuff like that. Um, veg. This is all veg, so maybe we'll have a quick chat about the veg that's come in that you like, and then we might move to fruit. How does that sound? Yes. Can I start good. first with um, a fleeting thing? Um, we're in the curcubit family. It's a cucumber. It's also known as the gherkin, the uh, the ugly, warty variety, but great to pickle. They are very good to pickle, but when they're freshly picked like this, they also very, very good to eat fresh. Mm. Because uh, once they get past three or four days old, they get a, a little bit dry and a little bit um, um, bitter. Yeah. So you know they're not so good to eat, but when uh, they they are very, very fresh, they're beautiful and refreshing in a salad because they're crunchy. That's what I was going to say. That's sort of the main gig about them, isn't it? That they've got this really tight, crunchy flesh about them. Yes, they've got a little bit less moisture than a normal Lebanese cucumber. Yep. And then going one step further, also I'd ask you to get three different sizes because we got the very little ones. Which uh, a little bit bigger than what they call a cornichon. Uh, about, about the size of my little finger yeah. here. 
Um, a lot of people like to do the little ones. Yes. And then we have a little bit bigger and uh, a lot bigger like the size of a Lebanese cucumber. Mm. Now, everyone's different. If you're slicing and pickling, the bigger ones are better. If you're doing them whole, the smaller ones are better. And also it depends on technique that you're using, whether you do it the Jewish way with the bread um, and no vinegar, the little ones are better because they'll pickle better. Say that again, the Jewish way, which is what? They don't use vinegar. They put water... Salt, oh, and, it's a salt herbs, brine. Yeah, yeah, salt right. brine, yeah. and then they put a little bit of bread in it and turn the jar upside down, sit in the sun. What does the bread do? Uh, the um, magic stuff. No, no, it no, no. The, the, the yeast in it starts the pickling process. Oh, no. Yeah. Really? Yeah, of course. I never knew that. See, Where have this. you been? Well, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, 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 the, the more I know, the less I know, John, and that's, <laughs> this is why we talk to you. I never knew that. Okay, and if we are, quickly, if we're going to do it the other way, we yeah. would do uh, a vinegar pickling Warm. mixture, which is usually uh, one-to-one. Vinegar to water. It depends if you're using my vinegar, two water to one vinegar. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, strong. I'm, I'm just getting some yes, yes. White, white wine vinegar. Don't use Skipping Girl because that's just pus. Um, and uh, then your flavourings that you want to add to that. My mother will kill you. We used to well, use Skipping Girl on a salad. Well, it's just... And not for the it's, gherkins. It's cane spirit. It's yeah, not, not, not anyway, for the gherkins. We haven't yes. got much time. We oh, should oh, move oh, on. Oh, sorry. Let's not get into a all fight, right, John. Right. <laughs> Come on, mate. Yeah, we're back fighting fit, mate. You know, fresh. <laughs> all all right. right. So we've talked about that. There yeah. are many, many ways. Like I said to the young lady before, Google it. Yeah. There are many ways you can pickle them because it's fun doing it. And in a couple of months, you'll eat good stuff. And then we have... Uh, uh, a different cucumber again. We call this an Italian cucumber, but the, the lebs get very upset because they say these are Lebanese cucumbers. Uh, they've got long, hard ridges on them. Uh, they look like a snake. This is a small one, about you know, 15 centimetres long, but, you know, a good, my big hand long yeah. length. A few shades lighter, quite a few yes. shades lighter than the normal sort of long cucumber yes. we see. This has got very soft seeds, no moisture in it, mm. low acid, so very good for people that can't eat cucumbers because that doesn't repeat on them. This we chop it up and put it in the um, salad or we eat it like an apple. Now the Lebanese and that tell me that they've seen drawings of them in the terms of the pharaoh, so they're not new. Really? Okay, so there you go. So they had pictures of cucumbers in the well, they used to draw not only doodly bits, but they used to draw food as well. Right. You I, know? I don't even want to go. I anyway. don't want yes. to even go there. Okay. All right. So let's move on to the corn. Yep. Now, since this is a lucky country, as I always say, mm. we are blessed. These corn come out of Kuwirup. It's Sunday today. so Kuwirup? Kuwirup. An area more famous for its asparagus, uh, asparagus. and potatoes, yes. Uh, the, these farmers grow both, and they grow a lot of both, and That's... they've been doing it a long time. Now, they're getting adventurous. They're typing... Uh, growing different types of corn before we had the traditional uh, corn um, then we went to yellow and then we went to the super sweet yellow corn now they're growing the varieties that New Zealand has been eating a long time and probably from South America it's what we call honey and pearl it's a two coloured corn yellow and white kernel and then we've got a pure white one with an occasional yellow kernel and the difference is they're all very, very sweet, but the two other ones, the newer ones, have a softer kernel and more sugar, and they're a more robust, bigger cob. I love this white one. I haven't, I haven't oh, seen yeah. that. I've we, seen... We've been eating it raw. It tastes like milk. Does it really? Yeah, you want to try one after. Wow, okay. That looks amazing. Okay, so look out for that. Corn, how much are they in a year? The normal one, uh, you can pay 80 cents to $1.20 for my better one. Yeah. And the fancy one's $1.50 each. They're worth every cent of it. I have to convince some people to buy it, but they come back next week right. and say, thank you, John. More. More, more, more. more and more. now we look at tomatoes. Since so, you're in Tomato City. Since we're in Tomato City. Yeah. Um, has it been a good year for tomatoes, first of all? Uh, I'll tell you quickly, yes and no. Mm. My dad's tomato. I can tell you from my dad's tomatoes, and that's what will be happening out in the field. Yeah. Beautiful plants. Pick the first one Christmas Day. Yeah. Oh, green leaves everywhere. Yeah. So when I drove him home, not yesterday, but last Saturday, I look into the yard. Uh, the neighbour's garage is bordering onto the thing. There's two big sheets sewn together over the top of the tomatoes. And I said, Mum, what did you do? Raid the pantry and get all the stuff out and cover the tomatoes. Sorry, the laundry um, yes. cupboard. And then I saw them yesterday. All that's left is the stems with a few tomatoes on it. Everything's been cooked. Really? Yeah, frazzled by the heat. So out in the field... So we're ours in the back. In, yeah. In, 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 in. So out in the field, uh, our fella from Doncaster's probably been a little bit lucky. 
because um, they're there every day, all day. They water them at the right time, look after them. But still, they've had a lot of tragedies. The plants have died. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter how much water you put on it. The sun's so hard, yeah. not just on us, but on our veggies as well. Yes. But we've been lucky. When's um, the best time to water your tomatoes? It should be in the morning because uh, they get fungusy, actually, don't they? Actually, if wet in the night? No, it depends. People have got different... Uh, ideas. Uh, but yes, uh, probably in the morning you can get out before the sun really starts to bite. Yeah. Make sure you don't put water on the plants because it did. sits on the leaf. Yeah. Because they don't like that, do they? With our Doncaster tomatoes, when they've got a black spot on the skin, what happens is, is the dew sits on top of the tomato, the sun comes out, the water frazzles, the skin burns. People think it's a fungus, it's not. It's a burn from the sun. I know that because okay. you've been telling me that for Good. years. Son. I remember that. Now, last All week, right. This week we've only got about seven or eight varieties. Last week we had 14 different varieties of tomatoes. Mm. We had this beautiful yellow one. Yep. And then we had a medley of these tomatoes here, which... Um, this okay, is, this is like a yellow rouge de maman. It's yeah, sort of wrinkly. It, it's um, actually a um, beefsteak. Oh, yeah, right. No seed. Yellow. No seed. And oh. it's as sweet as... I took all the overripe ones home and we stewed them up. Yeah. And had egg and bread and it was joyous. <laughs> and then we've got a, a medley um, with the plants that they gave him. He had a lot of these different ones. We've got a pink one, which I'd heard about but not seen before. Apparently, this is a Russian-Polish variety. They're more pink than red. When you eat them, they're very juicy and sweet, full of sugar. So it's a pink Russian. Yeah. And then we've got these other um, black Russian varieties. We've got this little one that's crunchy, harder skin. Yeah. This one, it's a, what they call Kumado in a supermarket. Oh, yeah. Rounder, prettier, yeah. but they go soft very quick. And then they're not bad. Mm-hmm. And then and then we've got another another um, ready pink one. And that, that's a different variety. I've got no idea what that's called, but that's it's really... No black, but just pink. Favourite out of all these ones to uh, take home and eat? Uh, these little pinky ones. Joseph and I have been having a feast with them. Yeah. And then we've got our normal ones from Doncaster um, that are a little bit harder on our skin, but very, very tasty and sweet. And mm. uh, we've still got a few Murray Bridge hanging around, and we've got beautiful aromas as well. Boom. So, as usual, we're blessed in that respect. Not much time left, John. I've really got to get back, and we've got um, guests that uh, will be waiting, but... Uh, Maybe what we'll do is... I might come and see you next week and we'll do another little catch-up yep. because it's been a long time. It has. Um, all right, very quickly, just a Reader's Digest version, fruit. Fruit. Cherries. Uh, I can see some there, $10. Yeah, they look good, you too. You pay anything from 10 to 30 $10 ones, maybe a little bit riper. Go home, put them in a the fridge for half an hour, give eat them it. a quick rinse and eat them, stew them up, have them with ice cream. Beautiful. Bananas, dime a dozen. There are so many apples out there. Yeah. Actually, we've pushed apples aside and we've been eating the more exotic stuff that you won't get later. That's still last season, so isn't it? CA. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But so you know. they keep on top of them. Yeah, so fine. As long as they haven't been in and out of the fridge, they'll still be crisp, they'll still yeah. be sweet. Feature. Uh, figs, yes. Um, there's some beautiful figs around. There are um, uh, seconds for cooking, that ones that don't look pretty. And there are beautiful ones which you'll pay a lot more for. Um, they planted a lot in central Victoria, so they're freshly picked, shipped straight to the market, straight onto the shelf. So you can get in there, have a feed, either eat them with, um, eat them cold with a bit of bread, or you can cut them in half and caramelise them in a pan, which is a modern way of doing things. A little things. bit of honey on top, grilled. Yeah, well, listen, that's good. I, I still, I like it, but a I still bit. can't beat a beautiful ripe uh, fig. Doesn't well, matter it, if it's green or black. And dare we say, that's one of those things where you have a singular pleasure. It's sort of like an avocado is just something you can yeah. enjoy. Yeah, agreed. And believe it or not, <coughs> a very, very cold fig that's ripe, ripe, mm. with a little bit of crusty bread. It's good breakfast, mate. It is good breakfast. Stone fruit is just so yeah, plentiful and cheap. apricots, plums. Four bucks, four bucks, four bucks, four and bucks cheaper, And cheaper. Wow. And cheaper. Uh, kiwi fruit, passion fruit, dime a dozen, dragon fruit, like you said. Um, oranges, yeah, two fifty, two dollars a kilo. How can you complain about that? You can buy fruit, feed the kids, feed the family for next to nothing. And dare I say it, this is why we celebrate the fact that this very, very market exists, because it seems to me that supermarket prices for fruit and veg seem to be going up and up 
and up, and this gives us some, first of all, choice. And sanity. Sanity, the the opportunity for a conversation with a person that is interested in what they're selling, and bloody hell, it's great that you're still here. It is good to be here, like I said. Uh, It's like family. It keeps us happy coming to work. We know what we're doing. Uh, we're going to make 72 years this year. Hey. The old man still comes to work two days a week. He's 92 soon. He loves it. So, you know, family concern. Can't ask for better than that. Pass on your regards to them, please. I will, thank you. All right, you. I'm going to get out of here. Great to see you. Beautiful day to come to the market. As we always say, and I'm going to steal a little bit of your fire, come to the market, pick the eyes out of it, and work out what you're going to eat, and you'll do pretty good. I think so. All the best. Awesome. See you, man. Oh, Matt, you are relentless. You know it. Oh, really... jeez, he gets his bloody whipping into a frenzy. We should say thanks to Polly Jean for the music. Polly Jean! We're going to try and back announce more this year. We never do it. Wow. Uh, Fantastic, man. I'm, I'm all for it. Triple R presents the Apollo Bay Seafood Festival, Cam, and you were talking about this only earlier in the show. I know. We were just, it just seems like a little while ago. It's only in two weeks' time. Friday the 16th to Sunday the 18th of February, uh, Apollo Bay, surprisingly enough. Harbour Day on Saturday the 17th is the main food event. Harbour Day. Harbour Day. That's catchy. With chefs cooking up locally caught seafood. Uh, and music from Dan Kelly, Fraser A. Gorman, Sagamore, heaps more. Bloody uh, hell. They've lifted it up, haven't they? It's a big event. Yeah. Um, uh, let's welcome our guests uh, into the studio. R- Ross and Grundy, Joseph Abud. Mm. Um, thank you for coming in. Here we are. Here we all are. Here we are. It's all started again. Yeah, you need to just lift that Here up a little go. bit. And, Ross, you were saying it, uh, they've lifted their game, haven't they, for this they Apollo have. Bay? So did you say you were doing a giveaway? We should do a giveaway. Oh, yeah, we're we? doing a giveaway. Yeah. Thank you, Ross. <laughs> should I read the rest of this? Go, man. Uh, tickets are available from eventbrite.com.au, but we have a double. I'm getting very serious. That's right. We have a double pass. The Gravitas. A double pass for both the Saturday and uh, Rowan Anderson's talk about octopus pallidus. What the f- yeah, we <coughs> Paladis, we looked that up. We it, was, it. it was some sort of ventricle. I don't know if they've just made that I don't up. Know what it was? And anyway, it gives a ring nine three double eight one zero two seven. Somebody call. Tell us what's a Paladis? Yeah, what is it? Yeah, Twitter us. Uh, you can tweet. Tweet on at eat it. Uh, 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 I had to think again. Brilliant. There's um, people few, ringing. I people are a bit slow. Yeah. There's only three <laughs> people ringing. Uh, but it's also uh, one thing you should probably think about is accommodation. Yes. Uh, if you're going to be going down there, <gasps> twenty eighteen. And we look forward, and um, and we do a little bit of looking back, but one of the things that it seems that um, we're all obsessed with is is defining the new, um, defining what is the new zeitgeist that will take place. What are the things that we will look back on in the year and go, well, that was a thing. And we have a theme developing. We were talking about this before, weren't we, Rose? We were. Just about how the, the, the trends come and the trends go and uh, some are valid some are a bit obscure that's right i i don't think this is my theory i don't think the trends are as pronounced now as they used to be you know we used to have oh you know everyone everyone was doing kale and then that went out and so on peak kale i I just don't peak cupcake we've reached oh yeah that was a few years ago macaron macaron things that we don't Lament and then when we see things, passing. shall we say, jump the shark, and when we see macarons available in a Golden Arches kind of place, you go, okay, that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Pulled pork, simile. pork. And so forth, yes. But I don't know that it's quite as pronounced as it used to be. And that was sort of the weird thing, in that we see trends that are apparently going to emerge, and you... Mentioned them, in fact, and this is one of the reasons I sort of saw that. When God, Ross, you were so right. Tell us about the ones that are slated to be the quote. I'm doing quotation marks. New trends. I had a funny um, email early, you know, a couple of weeks ago from a, a delivery service that was predicting that there would be some trends that would be big in 2018, and some of the ones they mentioned were things like pickles. Pickles. <laughs> poke bowls and coconut, and I jokingly said that it was as if it had been... Hello, what time is it? ...stuck in a scheduler for two years. Yes. <laughs> because it, it seemed like it was a two-year-old idea that pickles and uh, coconut might have been really on trend. But then thinking about it, really, they were they were very now 
a couple of years ago in mm. in those sort of uh, restaurants that are right at the edge. And it probably does realistically take a couple of years for that to filter into the mainstream to the kinds of restaurants that are using a delivery service. So, oh, Delivery service is a whole other thing that we that's could That's a whole t- other story, <clears throat> yeah. Um, but uh, let's just start with, the, first of all, a poke bowl uh, yep. for those that um, haven't heard of that and maybe that makes our point for us, doesn't it? Yes. First of all, what is a poke bowl? So it's a Hawaiian... Um, it's almost like a sashimi type of an idea. It's raw fish and a bunch of other things in a in a bowl with other ingredients, other vegetables. So it's like a salad, a, a sort of a raw fish salad. And and uh, ethnically, um, a hybrid dish. If we look at it, like a Japanese Hawaiian yeah. hybrid. Yeah. Yes. And this is one of the things about the interest about uh, digression. Peru has that thing of mm-hmm. the the Japanese influence, but. We've seen a few places open up, I think, in South Yarra that were doing poke bowls. Mm-hmm. Did you manage to get there? Various chains have started up and mm. probably closed as well. Joseph, you had a poke bowl of late? Never had one. No, mate. No, mate. I tend to uh, buck the trend myself, actually. I, it's very hard. I think it's very hard with uh, – I think your job would be particularly hard reporting on what is new and interesting but also trying to keep a focus on – what has any merit? Yeah, yeah keeping uh, it real. Know, yeah, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's. I think it's a very tricky position to be in. Mm. But, but, but with you, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, as you were sort of alluding to the fact that there are people who are, you know, right on the bleeding edge of looking at trends and things like that. But then these things need to to filter down. And I suppose maybe we should sort of. Well, let's make a value judgment. Why not? You know, because we we can do these sort of things. First of all, the poke bowl is that a valid thing? No, I don't think so. I, I think I can I can okay. scratch that right really? now. Really? Um, I think I think there is probably a trend for a more healthy kind of a salad. Yes, and that's pretty widespread. I think. Um, when was salad not, not in favour? I mean, we've always liked a salad, right? So but I don't, unless you I watch don't, The Simpsons. I think it's just a new... <laughs> can't make friends with salad. That's kind of it, idea. yes. But, um, but are we disagree? <laughs> no, but uh, particularly just putting that name Poke Bowl onto it makes it seem new, but it's just an old idea. But uh, do you want me to list some of the other... What about pickles, though? Pickles, go, yeah. Please, go on. I'll, I'll list some of the other ones that they, they were tipping, and they, yes. I thought this was really funny. And Joseph would be interested to get your input on this, no doubt. So pickles, bowls, uh, coconut... Coconut. Avocado. <laughs> toast. What? <laughs> Hold the front page. Wow. Toast is big. How do you, how do you spell that? <laughs> That's one yeah, syllable, right? Where's that... Trend come from? Is that, is um, that a silent tea? No, it's not. Yeah, okay, toast. Uh, tofu. What? Pad thai. Pad thai. Beetroot. Dumplings and satay. Uh, who? Yeah. My, my business is gone. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's all over. Wow. Who in in the just so that we don't do the Yoast swear jar? Who in the goodness sake came up with these things? I, I don't think it's fair to say. I'm not. Oh, I'm really, not, I'm not going to name them. A, let's just say a prominent delivery service. I do have big. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. Anyway, but pickles, I mean, I think we'd agree, have been around since the dawn of time, okay, but maybe haven't been on menus um, as a prominent thing until recently, and pretty much any chef worth his or her salt now is using using salt to make those sort of things, yeah. Yeah. There's no Um, mention of fermentation. No, I think pickles uh, is crossing the the line into that fermentation thing. But, ma- specific but maybe trend. food delivery services aren't interested in a healthy gut or butt gut flora or no, that right. sort they of absolutely thing. Absolutely not, Cam. I can assure you that. <laughs> um, all right, we've opened this jar of pickles. Um, do you? Do you? Uh, with Rumi? Yep. Do you subscribe to using um, delivery food delivery services? Have we you do use a delivery service for yeah. our uh, halal snack pack that we made up with Rumi things. Have they cut into your bottom line? Uh, I don't think they've cut into our bottom line. Because it's a problem with this, isn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 look, it's, it's definitely a um, love-hate relationship. Yeah. Um, and we do it as an extra. If I was relying on it, it would be a really tricky thing. Mm. Um, the Moorshead uses, uses a couple of companies. 
and Moorshead where? Uh, Thornbury and I don't know if you know now Carlton. Oh, really? So both Carlton and Thornbury. I do know. Just thought I'd give it. Where else in Carlton? Just on Drummond Street behind Cinema Nova there in the old Markov site. Markov. Yeah. Markov. Yes. In the back shed. Yes. Yeah. So for those who don't know what the Moors Head is and have maybe... Thank you, Rosalind. Can I just say that it, they're doing what Joseph always colourfully has described as inauthentic pizzas. So they're kind of a, a hybrid between an Italian style and a Middle Eastern style. And my favourite has yeah. always been the Bosphorus. The Bosphorus with, the, with those prawns. Yep. Bloody <laughs> Anyway, um... But, um, all right, so... Love-hate relationship. Love-hate relationship. um, I have a great problem with it because I think it's just getting slave labour to feed the bourgeoisie, if we want to nail my colours to the mast on that, but that be as it is. Um, So can we maybe, Roz, for the sake of this conversation, food trends that are valid that are sort of coming through, have you identified any of those? Uh, I, I do think that the pickles thing is probably valid, but I think it's an ongoing thing. I think we are starting to realise that fermented foods and those sorts of things are good for us and are and part, we've of, moved part away of a balanced from... diet. It's not just a trend. I think it's possibly something that is here to say. Yep. Um, and veganism. I think there's just a heck of a lot of um, interest in veganism. I don't know if you're seeing that, Joseph, Absolutely. in your business, but um, um, it's really becoming mainstream. and It's not such a big deal now, is it, really? No. I, I, I it's mean, easy for us as well at Rumi to, yeah. to have a vegan menu. And whenever right. we've done a vegan feast, it sells oh, out. Go off. And it's, it's quite remarkable, actually. Yeah, Really? Yeah, the, the most successful uh, events we ever do are vegan feasts. Really? Yeah, yeah. And vegans and non-vegans come along. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we even allow non-vegans. It's not a big deal now anymore. Yeah. But it's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Oh, uh, Matt's looking at me and saying, I, I need to do some driving of the bus. What would you like to do, Matthew? I think we just need to listen to the last couple of sponsorship announcements. Oh, do we? Yes. Well, we're going to do that. It is 12.48, uh, and we will be back after this. Oh, and we all get excited about mountain games. Yes. Um, we are talking to Rosalind Grundy and Joseph Abud, and it's just magnificent to have you in the studio for the first show of the year. Thank you very, very much. Pleasure. Thank you for having us. The more things change, the more things stay the same. Some things we change, we look at the change that is happening, we've sort of been saying, are they valid? Is there a hidden agenda? <laughs> Sometimes. Um, but... Like uh, the seven star in the sky, which is a constant, we look and celebrate the things that are great and good. And I was thinking about one of those just the other day in Smith Street. There is a little old place. It's near the Grace Darling Hotel. I used You're to think it was. Melissa's? I was thinking it was there was the Grace Darling, but yes. And in there is this little daggy place that serves possibly the worst cup of coffee in all of Melbourne. Nodding of head from Rosalind. <laughs> it's just terrible coffee. But there is the spanakopita that comes out of there. The pastry is sort of oh, yellowy white and sticky and really, really hard to work with. And you need a table that is about the size of a football field to make these things. But the pastry is flaky and great. And it is the greatest spanakopita in all of this town. And for me, it's the same. And it's beautiful. And if I have a really, really bad hangover, it is one of the greatest hangover cures known in this hemisphere. I am now craving one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love the fact that every single time you go to Melissa's and have the Spanakopita, it yes. tastes exactly, exactly the, the same, same every time. Look, it, it might not be truly the greatest Spanakopita right. in in. Cam hyperbole, Smith. But All right, dial it down. It yeah. is, I just think it's. I'll go with it, it is pretty darn delicious, Damn good. and the the um, consistency of that yeah. quality is just. Have you, great. have you had one of those, Joseph? You've no, been to Melissa's. No. Oh, oh, mate, you haven't lived. Well, I'm starting to discover yeah, that. <laughs> they, Bloody also, hell. they do a tiropita as well <laughs> with just see. cheese. Yeah, it's beautiful. Had it once. Yeah. Yeah, that was no, back didn't, in didn't rate. 83. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that reaction is not as impressed. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, but, okay, free kick, 12.51, 12.52 here. This great food town has got some things. Babka, another one that is um, a, a great 
um, constant in the that, city of Chad. That uh, bread shop in um, Brunswick Street that mm-hmm. still, whenever you go, has a line out the door. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, what, what about you, Joseph? Are there things that you crave or the things that you sort of say, ah, oh, it's still there and it's still the same and, uh, and, it, and it kind of rocks? I think uh, Supermaxi is one of those. Supermaxi. Yeah. I went by, drove by there just last yeah. night and I was looking in and going... Oh, Rita and Giovanni, yeah. you still got it, you people. Uh, one of the one of the greatest pizzas in in Melbourne, and of course, you know the uh, Rita McCauley, the founder of of Ladro, which led that whole gourmet pizza. That's not right. Is Pe- it people gourmet? often talk about the chin chin effect in in the industry, but I think it's the Ladro Ladro effect. effect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I've said before, maybe even on this program, Rita gave me the confidence to serve a plate of cauliflower. Really? Absolutely. No one was no one was doing that back then. Nobody. I tell you, extrapolate more. Well, well, you know, at, at Ludrow, you, 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 at, at Ludro, you got a plate of cauliflower with a few little bits of caramelised onion on it, and it was valid. That was it. Yeah. You know, how dare you? No, she, she did. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> she also did the lupini too, didn't she? Uh, at uh, Supermaxi, that that one is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ross, what about you? You got any that you love that um, you keep coming back to? haven't been there for a while, um, but we've got a review coming up in Epicure this week by my colleague, Jemima Cody, Adler's. Just her chicken and rice dish, it just doesn't look very much, but it's just delicious and those she just there's the dips that are just classic and dips to die for yeah oh, sorry dips to die for sorry divine, sorry. divine sorry. darling you yeah. slap my wrist <laughs> yeah, there <we> go. <laughs> i also think danini's is sort of an unsung hero and it is brilliant danini's yeah. in yeah, Ligon so street satisfying especially the their piadina it's just you could just go in there, have a pee dinner, and take off. It's fantastic. The great suppliers of filled pasta over yep, the over the yep. years, and all their pastas are beautiful. Mm-hmm. They make them there. It's great. Now, what about? But um, we we need to talk to you about your plans. And uh, first of all, a history lesson. Sarah Sands. Uh, Saracen is as who, much a current country of the Middle East as it is uh, a history lesson of the Middle East. So the Saracen, okay. the Saracens are the Arabs yes. in most contexts, mm. uh, the Arabs that fought the Crusades, but the other not, side. not necessarily Muslim, mm. not necessarily Arab, mm. uh, a term that was given to the Arabs by the Europeans. Yes. So the Arabs didn't call themselves Saracens. That's right. uh, lots of things that I think tie back into the current state of the Middle East and uh, the confusion that still is. I'm not even going to go. Even, <laughs> it's, uh, even, we haven't even, got enough even, time. Even I will just go, no. I'm, so, so tell us about the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> just quickly, go Muslim, please. I was just going to ask, is it a loaded term? Does it, it is it sent? Okay, Does yes. it have a be- pejorative kind it, of... It, it can... In, yeah. So this is why it's it's exactly like the Middle East is still today. Right. Mm. It can be loaded or it can be uh, an honourable term, like right. a, a great warrior. Yes. Um, it could be something feared. Yes. Uh, it could be something mocked. Um, to me, but, it has uh, a romance about it, but yes. I can imagine it would have a kind of a an ugly side to it as well. Yeah, it's, it's a and this is sort of part of, mm. uh, as you know, Ros, I've never mm. shied away from uh, <laughs> bringing, bringing that up, you know, mm. and uh, yeah, I think it's good. It's, it starts a conversation about the Middle East, which is what we've been doing for the last 11 years. Mm. Yeah, and, and bringing that whole into the, the mainstream of food, and it gets back to, you know, understanding trends, isn't it, that, yeah. you know, we all see waves of migration and waves of type of food that we all try to understand each other and the way that we first do that is through food. Yep. That and is, that and is one the of the last point. things that's left behind in, in countries that migrants go to is, yes. is the food. Yeah. So t- you're going to be moving into town. You must be very, very excited about yeah. this. So not not, mo- not moving, so just clarifying. You're coming in. staying there. No, yeah. this is yeah. a whole different thing. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, the Saracens are making an approach. The Saracens. The, uh, <laughs> they're approaching the gates. <laughs> and, uh, What's that, sir? The Saracens the, are coming. The Italians have left and the uh, Saracens are now in their, in their place at, in Punch Lane in the city. Yes. Uh, the the restaurant will be of Middle Eastern appearance. Yes, and meaning tiles uh, and no, just of Middle Eastern God, appearance. That's up to you. Pull to, out the cliches uh, again. You know. Number one goes <laughs> in the jar. Like, Sorry, Matt. It's a bit like his inauthentic pizza. Yeah. It's yeah. just a, a cheeky line, I reckon. I think it is. I think it is. So I said it could be a, an Arab or a Turk or just a hipster. 
<laughs> Ponderous. Ponderous, dude. So, and, and I'm and going into business with Ari Vlasopoulos, who oh, is yes. a... Uh, Tell us a little about Ari. Uh, Ari's uh, just an, uh, one of those true uh, industry front of house... Stalwarts. If that's the word, you know it better oh, than I do. Oh, he's been around for a while. He's been... And, been and just, agreed. you know, I think there's, there's not too many people like Ari who still work with such love for what he does. Yes. A total industry professional. He he's won uh, he won an award in the Good Food Guide back in the day for his professional professionalism. I think it was the Professional Excellence Award, maybe. Professional Excellence. Um, or the Service Award. I can't remember which yeah. one, but um, well deserved. He's been in a whole lot of different, really fantastic high end places, and it's so exciting to see him fronting this little place. I'm two minutes left. When's it opening, and what's going to be on the menu? Uh, it should be open around the end of Feb. Ooh. And what will be on the menu, your yeah. dishes. Uh, uh, it'll be more of a sort of uh, smaller dishes, uh, quite contemporary. Yes. You know, so this is why we say any, of any Middle Eastern appearance, a contemporary Melbourne restaurant of Middle what, Eastern appearance. Are you appearance. cooking on anything? Spe- is it going to be like wood grilled? or? Uh, there'll anything? be a little barbecue there uh, for our, uh, yeah. That's yeah. still part of the thing, Definitely. isn't it? If we're, if we're looking at trends, there's more and more places that when they look at the kitchen, there is a solid fuel element to cooking things. Yeah, definitely. Anan is doing that. It's great. Yeah, and that's one of the things. This is becoming a – don't you think, Ross, this is becoming a very, very interesting little precinct. And what was the name of David Thompson's restaurant that's up there? Um, no, not David no. Thompson. You're thinking of um, Long Song. Long Song, uh, yes. Above Long Grain that's been yes. there for a very long time. One of the – one of the real stayers in Melbourne. Thank you for doing that because we, uh, Matt and I, were remiss in, we in were. remembering the name. So we look forward to seeing the uh, the Saracens uh, breach the city walls. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll be Me kind too. of good. I want to hear you. Taking got. over from the Romans. Yeah, have a horn. <laughs> well, there's SPQR around the corner, isn't there? Which would be uh, is uh, is kind of valid. Uh, Roz, there's uh, stuff coming up which will be interesting in Epicure, which I think we need to be across. Yeah, coming up on Tuesday. So that Abla's review, I think people can look out for that and a whole lot more. Yeah, some great recipes well. Well, say hi to Jemima for me. Um, we've kicked off the, the year, and thank you so much for being a part of it, you guys. Thank so you. It's so good to be here. Really, really wonderful. Oh, and thank you for the jam too. No worries. Thanks, Nat. Yeah, thanks, Nat. <laughs> and Matt? Cameron, Toby's up next with Sunday lunch. Awesome, and we've been filling up the cliche jar. Hopefully there shall be not too many next week, which is good. Great to see you, though. Yes, likewise. Lovely to see all you guys or, you know, have your, your presence. Stick around because uh, Triple R's back on deck mm. for the regular season. Mm. And we'll see you next week. Done. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.